Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for thevikingage.com. And as always, I'm joined here by Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as Bring Me the News and Zone Cup. Um, before we start today's show, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube, like the video. Also, follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, the podcast version of this show is available on Spotify, iHeart, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. So go check that out. Uh, before we get started today, Chris, um, I'm pretty sure you know that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl yesterday uh, in Arizona against the Eagles. That's our first topic. But do you know the three players from the Chiefs who used to play for the Vikings that won the Super Bowl ring yesterday? There's Jarek McKinnon. Um, I don't think one. Mike Hughes is there anymore. Nope. Um, <sighs> I don't know the other two. There's uh, Amir Smith-Marset. Who a lot of oh, yeah. A lot of people are mad at me now for uh, mentioning yeah. that he has... More rings than Kirk Cousins. Um, and Blake Bell, just a, a tight end who used to be with the, the Vikings randomly back in the day, uh, probably like 2015, 2016. Yeah, the Belldozer. Uh, they used to use him <laughs> in that package in uh, Oklahoma. I can't remember yes. who was the starter that year, but yeah, it, they had him come in on the goal line. Was DeMarco Murray? back? Was that back then? That could be. I mean, that's a long time ago if it is, right. but yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, well. Those are your Super Bowl champions on the Eagles side. They lost. They had what? Linval Joseph, uh, Anthony Harris was on the practice squad. Uh, Marcus Epps, he was a safety. I think there might have been someone else. I can't think. And Jonathan Gannon was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, and he used, he was on the Vikings staff for a while under uh, under Mike Zimmer. Those are your Vikings connections to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. All right, so the Chiefs beat the Eagles on Sunday, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. 38-35. Uh, the Eagles actually led 24-14 at the half, but then the Chiefs came out in the second half, outscored the Eagles 24-11 to in the final two quarters to get their second Super Bowl win since Patrick Mahomes became their starting quarterback in 2018. Um, and even though they came up short in the Super Bowl, the Eagles st- still made some, some major strides uh, this season after their 2021 season came to an end with a loss in the first round of the playoffs. You know, the Eagles and their second year head coach finished uh, at the top of the NFC with a 14-3 record. And they represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, As we know, the Vikings are coming off a season that ended in the first round of the playoffs. And their young head coach will be looking to lead his team even further in his second season with the franchise. So, Chris, what 
needs to happen for the Vikings to be next year's version of the Eagles and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Well, I had Matthew Collar on the Homer Horn podcast, which is out right now. So you can check that out wherever you get your favorite shows, Apple and Spotify. And he was talking about just being honest with yourself at where the Vikings are. Like watching the game yesterday, I don't think the Vikings are close to being a Super Bowl team. I, you know, they won 13 games last year, but when you look at everything and, you know, this is caving into the whole fraud metric, but you know, they won 13 games and every stat was the same as the previous year. Basically the only thing that changed is Kirk cousins made a couple of drives and the Vikings won 13 games and got a home playoff loss instead of a, you know, eight and nine season where they just go into the abyss. I think that they need to look at this roster and just, Or look at, look at the chiefs and the Eagles, like what they brought. They have big offensive lines that they, you know, the chiefs went out, they were super aggressive. They turned it around over the course of one year. And this year, you know, they didn't give up any sacks in the super bowl, probably because the Eagles were like slipping and sliding on the turf that was out there. But that's another story uh, for the game. The Eagles, the entire game, anytime it was third and one, fourth and one, whatever QB sneak, Jalen hurts, picked it up. And they were just able to move guys off the spot. (laughs) When was the last time you saw a Minnesota Vikings offensive line move guys around? Like late nineties. Usually it's the other way around. They had like I said late nineties when they had like all those three hundred plus pounders. uh, David Dixon and Jeff Christie and uh, Randall McDaniel, who was the absolute boss. I mean, I'm just kind of naming old offensive linemen. I don't think they all played (laughs) at the same time, but that that was kind of it. Now we have Ed Ingram, who's leading the NFL in pressures, and Ezra Cleveland, who's third, and Garrett Bradbury, who's basically like a sack of potatoes. You look at the defense. That defense, they are fast. In, on the back end, and they are strong up front. The Vikings don't have that at all. They have very slow secondary players. They have very slow linebackers, and their defensive line basically gets no push up front. So there's that. Skill position players. I, I mean, I'm just kind of basically going down the list here. Skill position players like, you know, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen are in contract negotiations right now. And I mean, those players are older. They're slower. They're not contributing at the level that they used to at the beginning of their career. And then there's the quarterback. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, it's not Kirk's fault. And I love my Kirky and Kirky should be done. Sign him to a five-year extension. Saw that this afternoon. And that was just okay. Like when you look at Jalen Hurts and you look at Patrick Mahomes, I think they ran for about 150 yards on the ground in three touchdowns, all coming from Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes had a bad ankle and he's like, ah, screw it. It's the Super Bowl. I, I'm going to start running around all over the place. Like every time I think of Kirk Cousins, I think of fourth and eight because the whole season we basically treated him like a quarterback Ken doll. We put chains on him so he could be like Joe Burrow. He was doing all the comebacks and stuff. Fourth and eight against the Giants. I'm not comfortable throwing it to Justin Jefferson. And he throws a little check. Like people are crapping on Jalen Hurts for that last pass. Kirk Cousins checks that down three yards and hopes <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, he goes 70 yards or whatever. For the, like, it, and you look at the rosters too. Kirk Cousins is making $36.25 million next year. Patrick Mahomes is ma- made $34 million last year. Kirk Cousins costs the same price as Patrick Mahomes. So, like, th- no, I-, I I don't think the Vikings are close to contending for a Super Bowl because there is a lot that needs to do, and that is why this offseason is going to be so important because if they screw this up, they will become the Lions or they will, they'll become something worse. They'll probably be something that's, like, stuck in the middle, like uh, Jeff Fisher's Titans. 
Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm glad you said Titans and not Rams because they were even more in the middle than uh, than the Titans because yeah. the Titans were actually pretty good with uh, Jeff Fisher back in the day. Couple couple seasons. Um, there's a couple things that the Vikings would need to do to, in order to take that next step, which would be some of the things that the the Eagles did, which was you know trade for players. Um, they didn't really. Uh, they didn't draft a whole lot of. I, I feel like they didn't draft a whole lot of players this past year to improve their roster. They they used their draft picks to acquire guys like AJ Brown to acquire you know a safety like what Gardner Johnson or whatever. Um, you know they they traded for Darius Slay I, I believe the year before. So they they're they're acquire, they're using their draft picks to acquire assets. Um, and that's that might be something that the Vikings want to do. Um, and the Rams the Rams did something similar with Matthew St- Stafford and a couple of other guys too. So. Is that the path that the Vikings want to take, or do they want to build their their roster through the draft? Because I mean, you have a season, you go thirteen and four, you probably don't want to tear it down the no. next year. You still, you know, you still got a bunch of young guys. You got Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson, a bunch of young offensive linemen. You still got plenty to build around, so you don't want to just completely tear it down. But you know, do you want to? move forward the next year or do you want to kind of tread water for a, a year or two and then take a big step forward so i think that's what they have to figure out um you know given think, the turn okay go ahead well well I, I just want to point this out i think they just need to clarify the difference between players that are shot and players that yeah. can still help like just because you're over the age of whatever doesn't mean that you're i mean like harrison smith could still be good next year that, that's something out you know Adam Thielen's out politicking uh, for his next job or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, I I mean, you know, Dalvin Cook, is he effective or is he shot? Like they have to ask themselves questions all throughout the roster. Yeah, they have they have a lot to figure out. They don't they're over the cap. So they got to figure out how to get just under the cap first, um, which they can do with bunch of extensions and stuff for guys that actually deserve them um but given the turnaround that, that the eagles had they won the super bowl super bowl in in 2017 and then they kind of went through a little bit of a struggle for a little bit there drafted jalen hurts and then they're back in the super bowl this year in, in 2023 what five seasons six seasons five seasons later um given their time for a turnaround you know how much time would you give kevin o'connell and quesito Fomensa to try and get the vikings into the super bowl or is that I mean that should be the goal, but I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what their goals are right now at this point. Like, what? How much time would you give the their the, the new regime to get to the Super Bowl? It depends on what the Wolves think. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter what I think. It like are the Wolves just so stubborn and want to be relevant every year? Like that's they think they're relevant, but they're yeah. not. Like they nobody thought about the Vikings yesterday outside of anybody in Minnesota or <laughs> anybody with purple in their closet. Like the Vikings are an irrelevant team. The other 30 teams in the NFL that did not make the Super Bowl are an irrelevant team. They should be aiming for a Super Bowl, but it just seems like the Wolves want to be like the Steelers or the Ravens who are never bad. They just turn out nine or 10 win seasons and they get bounced right away. You know, when I think about Kevin O'Connell and Quasey, how much are they going to be allowed to cook, so to speak? Because if they're able to do what they really want to do, then they should get, you know, two or three years to get to the Super Bowl. Because I think this year they need to reset the cap. They need to figure things out. Maybe it's a natural tank, as Matthew Collar calls it, and just get to a point where they have draft assets, where they can take a quarterback. We've talked about the 2024 class ad nauseum on this podcast because there it appears to be a buyer's quarterback group. Now that could change between now and 
you know, the 2024 draft, but yeah. they need to make moves for the future. They, they like the competitive rebuild stuff. It, it's not a thing. It, it's not a thing. It's you're either one, you're all in or you're all out. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have been bringing up the fact that uh, the chiefs were able to win the super bowl with, you know, one player taking up more than what 12% or 13% of the salary cap for the first time ever. So obviously, you know, that that can be done now. And, and and immediately in my head, I'm like, so one out of 57 is uh, a reason to not go along with the formula that's worked for everyone else. And, you know, use the rookie contract scale. And Kirk uh, Cousins isn't Patrick Mahomes. Let, exactly, let's get that exactly, out of the way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's some quarterbacks where you just say, OK, we'll make it work. And you know what the Chiefs did? They paid Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill wanted number one money. It's like. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes can do this. We'll yeah. just we'll just get rid of it. And Tyreek Hill's a damn good receiver. But I I mean when you have Patrick Mahomes, yeah, uh, like yeah, could pay I mean, him. Patrick Mahomes now has won two MVPs and two Super Bowls in five years as a starter. Um, what Tom Brady won maybe that many as a starter? What? But I don't think he was MVP uh, as much as uh, Mahomes was in his first five years. Um. And yeah, Kirk Cousins like <laughs> one playoff <laughs> win where Kyle Rudolph pushed off. And I I appreciate the optimism because you you saw what they were able to do last year with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback, win 13 games. But when you get to the playoffs and when things matter and when there's actual pressure, when it's not a middle of the year game against the Bills, it doesn't really matter. Like Kirk Cousins doesn't really show up. Um and until he does, you can't really say like, oh that that's not fair. Why? He's <laughs> going into what year 11, year 12? Like, he will be 35 years old next until know, he proves like otherwise, summer. which he yeah. could. He could. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dismiss that because he's, he took steps in the right direction last season. You know, things kind of crumbled at the end, but he did, he did take more risks during the season. Um, and maybe Kevin O'Connell will be able to convince him to do that more in the upcoming season. But until he proves otherwise, like people are like, can you win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? And like the dude hasn't even got to an NFC championship. Let's worry about that first before we're like, we can win a Super Bowl with him. No, like let's let's not let's not do that. But like, I yeah, <laughs> the, the, I saw the salary cap stuff today and I'm like, oh, here, oh point proven because Patrick because Mah- the oh, maybe maybe the already the greatest quarterback in NFL history was able to do it. Anybody can like, no, that's not that. That's like the Trent Dilfer thing when people like Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he had the greatest defense in the history of the NFL, uh, carrying him to the Super Bowl. So let's not let's not act like it was Trent Dilfer carrying the Ravens to the Super Bowl. All right, enough with the Super Bowl. Did you watch most of it, by the way? Yeah, oh, of course yeah. I did, but it's a Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> I saw. I think I saw most of the first half and, and a little bit of the second half. I saw the halftime show. And I like I liked I liked Rihanna. She was um I forgot how many like hits she actually had. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. She's got um, a very deep catalog. She I, does. I think that's that's and the fact, you know, she's pregnant and she's like on this right? thing and it's just like going up and down and up and down. And I'm like watching it going like I obviously I know nothing about being pregnant, but I don't think I'd like wanna be like I don't know how high she no, was a up lot, in the air. A lot of like, people, a lot of people in her position probably would have thrown up. So um, I'm yeah. surprised that she was able to hold it together. That would have been know. awesome, actually. That would have been, like... been hilarious. People would have been like, oh, she's pregnant. That would have been a dead giveaway. Um, yeah. All right. So ESPN came out with some way too early 2023 power rankings. Because, of course, as we have to do the day after Super Bowl, we can't rest. We have to get right into next season. Um, less than 24 hours after the, after the Super Bowl ended. Um 
And this might come as a surprise to some people, but they actually have the Vikings as the number nine team in the NFL, top 10 team in the NFL right now. Ranked ahead of the Vikings are the Dolphins at number eight, the Chargers at number seven, the Cowboys at number six, Bills at five, Bengals at four, 49ers at three, Eagles at two, and Chiefs at one. And a few surprises, the Lions are at 12, the Packers are at 16, and the Rams are at 22. So in your opinion, too high, too low for the Vikings heading into next season? I think it's too high. I Ooh. Like I said, I think this team overachieved last year. And with the schedule that's coming up, I mean, it's it, it's a gauntlet. Like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers twice probably. Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> who knows? I, Sean Payton yeah, might be able know. to get more out you of You never him. know. Yep. You never know. I, I mean, again, this team needs to be realistic with himself. And I'm not saying like blow everything up and turn this into a Madden franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, again, is this player shot or is this player somebody that can help us? And if they're shot, they got to they got to get rid of people. I don't care if they're from Minnesota or Miami like they, they need to go. And I, I mean, it, it's just frustrating because I think the last couple of years we've seen that this team has loyalties that are like, we worked a restructured contract with Adam Thielen and Eric Kendricks and all these guys. And we kicked all this money down the road. Eventually the bill comes due. And it's just frustrating to see the Vikings just continue to spin their wheels. Yeah. Um, I would, I'd agree that it's, it's high. I I probably would have put them either where the lions are at 12 or maybe a little lower. Um, Just because we, we saw, we saw, you know, they they were thirteen and four, but once they got the playoffs, like they couldn't they couldn't do much. Now they did get a new defensive coordinator in Brian Flores, uh, so maybe that that should help them on that should help them on the defensive side of the ball. Like it really can't get any worse. I hope not. Um, so that should help them progress. But then you gotta you know you gotta bank on the offense kind of either staying the same or getting better next year. You know, teams are gonna have tape on the Vikings offense now. They have a full year of tape to kind of analyze what they like to do now. Okay, I would expect Kevin O'Connell to, to add some more wrinkles to his offense uh, this offseason and try and get Justin Jefferson even more involved and maybe some other guys involved too as well. But um, I'd say too high too as well, unfortunately. Um, I just don't think they have the pieces right now to to be a true contender. Now, on the other hand, the NFC, aside from the Eagles, I know the Niners have a good defense, but they got a lot of question marks at quarterback right now. Um, but aside from the Eagles, like, how many teams in the NFC are better than the Vikings right now? I would say the Eagles. I would, here you go, you're going to laugh at it, but I would say the 49ers mm-hmm. are probably better. And I'm also thinking this from a what are they going to do this offseason standpoint. So I would say the Lions are going to be better than the Vikings next year because they have two, what is it, top seven picks or something? Oh, yeah. I think, yep. I, I mean, they're going to get a pair of studs out of this draft, which is a very good draft. So, I mean, the momentum they have, Ben Johnson's coming back for them as their offensive coordinator. I would put the Lions ahead of them. Then, you know, Dallas, Dallas will be good. The Giants, I I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback, but. Will Dallas be good? Didn't they just hire Brian Schottheimer as their offensive coordinator? They did. That's not <laughs> well, and Mike Mike McCarthy's calling plays, so yeah, it could go downhill real quick. I mean, yeah, you got a point. I mean, uh, the Giants, the Giants should be better. I feel like, I feel like right. they can add some pieces, and though their their defense will still be pretty good, and maybe they can add a receiver. They might want one of those. They're, they're a fringe playoff team. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are. 
Like, I, I think they're in that. They're not in that, like, upper echelon group. Their best hope is that the rest of the division sucks again so they can win it. Because that that's basically what they did last year. They just won a whole bunch of games early. The rest of the division stumbled all over itself. And they wound up winning the division. Yeah, I think definitively I would go, you know, the Eagles and, and Niners probably right now just because they were able to do so well this season. Um, but other than that, I feel like you could make an argument that they're they're on the same level as a lot of the other teams. You know, the Lions, the, the Cowboys, the Giants, you know, the NFC South looks, I don't even know what that is right now. With Tom Brady gone, got the Panthers in there, the Saints, the Falcons. Um you know, what are the Seahawks going to look like? Are they bringing Geno Smith back? Are the Rams going to be better? Matthew Stafford's back. The Cardinals, Kyler Murray's dealing with his torn ACL. So, like, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty wide open. Now the Vikings are going to have a first-place schedule next year, so that obviously play a part in that. But I don't know. And I, I feel like the Eagles are going to regress from this year. It seems like whatever – it's just for whatever reason, the team that loses in the Super Bowl typically does not do well the following year. Uh, some have even missed the playoffs. Um, so – I would expect the Eagles to to regress next year, and I don't know. I feel like it's it's pretty wide open, and then and the off season will have a lot to do with that. We'll see what happens because who knows what's going to happen the next few weeks. We we really have no idea. All right, last topic. Um, I am one who who never likes to miss an opportunity to talk about former Vikings wide receiver and Hall of Fame uh Hall of Famer uh Randy Moss. So today, Monday, February thirteenth is Moss's 46th birthday. Happy birthday, Randy Moss. Uh, Moss is only about six months older than Tom Brady, who just retired uh, from the NFL. To put that in perspective, here's a question for you. Should the Vikings retire Randy Moss's number 84 jersey? Yeah, I believe so. I, I think that, you know, the current wave of Vikings fans, like, you, you go back to the early 90s, and there wasn't a lot to attach yourself to with this team. I mean, they were getting threatens with blackouts. Uh, there are rumors that were going to move to Los Angeles. Randy Moss showed up in 1998 and basically transformed this team into what it is today. And I think he's one of those players that when you talk about the history of the franchise, you have to mention them. The problem with the Vikings is that they went crazy retiring numbers, like at the beginning of their existence. And like in football, like, you know, basketball, there's five players. So, I mean, you have all those numbers. You can use like whatever you want to retire, whatever you want. It probably doesn't matter. But in football, especially with like 90 guys in training camp, you need all the numbers available. So, I, I mean, yeah, you can't like unretire numbers. But I mean, if you retire, like I think Adrian Peterson's number should be retired too in Vikings history. But that's another conversation for another day. I, I like Randy Moss, 100%. He should have his number 84 retired and, you know, with Irv Smith Jr. probably on the way out, it's going to be another opportunity for the Vikings to do it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, um, I feel like Zimmer, Mike Zimmer might not have been someone who really cares about that stuff. Like he embraced the, the legends or whatever, but I feel like Kevin O'Connell's kind of more brought those those older guys in to kind of tell them about the current team, about like the history of the team and everything like that. So I feel like Kevin O'Connell might have we might have a better chance of this happening with him running the show um i will say with the new that there were new number rules created in 2021 so now there are 59 different jersey numbers that a receiver could potentially wear because they can wear one through 19 20 through 49 and 80 through 89 um when the Vikings, there's 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 56 different numbers because they they retired 10 for Fran Tarkenton, 
80 for Chris Carter and 88 for Alan Page. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I don't want to see another Irv Smith wearing 84. I don't want to see or Chad Bucky Hodges or yeah, or, or Michael Jenkins wearing 84. Like, come on, man. Like, like you said, he literally saved the franchise from moving to what San Antonio. Um, so let's, let's give the guys due. He's in the hall of fame. He, he changed the game. Um, he made a lot of the Vikings fans like our age became Vikings fans because of, of Randy Moss in that era. Um, like he's, he's an icon in the NFL and it's, it's just, it's odd that his number isn't retired yet, um, by the Vikings and, and hopefully that they will do that soon because it's long overdue. Last one before we get out of here, heard some of this chatter after, especially after the year Justin Jefferson had is Justin Jefferson already a better wide receiver than Randy Moss. I think they're two different receivers. I, I think as far as a complete receiver goes, yes. I think Ooh. Justin Jefferson's a better receiver than Randy Moss. So Moss didn't want to go over the middle. He didn't want to, you know, take the big hits and kind Fair, of jeopardize his career. Yeah, no, no I mean, it's, <laughs> it's smart. Like a lot you of could people get hit back then. A lot of people ripped on Moss and, you know, well, he didn't want to go over the middle and he took plays off. Okay. The dude is literally running like 70 yard gassers on every play. And he's like if stick. he's not getting the if he's not getting the ball, yeah. But he's like one fifty soaking wet. Yeah. So like then <laughs> so, you, you, you got like Sean Taylor over the middle trying to take your head off. So I think yeah, he was fine for not doing. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, <laughs> Justin Jefferson's just a different receiver because he he's a better route runner. He's you know uh, he's just as good as a deep threat. I think Randy Moss is the greatest deep threat of all time. But Jefferson is just a multifaceted player that can do so many different things. I think he's an overall better receiver than Moss, but I think that Moss is just for what he did. Yeah. I, I it's hard to, it's hard to explain. Like that's what I'm getting paid to do is put it into words. Right. But <laughs> I, I mean, it's still pretty, it's, it's hard to do, but I, I think I is. lean. Yes. All right. So, so you would say just all around, you think he's better. Um, yeah. I'll say this Jefferson. Yes, Jefferson has more receiving yards and catches in his first three seasons than Moss had in his first three seasons in the NFL. But in Moss's first three seasons, he had more touchdowns, 43 to 26. That's a big margin. Um, a higher yards per catch average, 18.4 to 14.9. That speaks to your, you know, him being a big deep threat. A higher yards per target average, 10.7 to 10.1. Uh, one more first team all pro selection. And I think we forget this, a third place MVP finish in 98, 98. He, uh, as a rookie, he finished third in the MVP voting. Uh, so, you know, we, we've, we heard a lot about Justin Jefferson being nominated this year and he finished fifth and that's, that's cool. But Randy Moss did that too. So, um, Moss also went on to begin his Vikings career with six straight seasons with at least 1200 receiving yards. And in five of those six seasons, he also had 10 touchdown catches. And I'm listen, Jefferson is a very, very good receiver. Um, but I think sometimes we get lost like in the in the present moment and for kind of forget how good Randy Moss truly was, especially during an era that, you know, didn't really help out receivers as much as it, it does in the in the current version of the sport. I think if Randy Moss played today, he would be even better than he was in, in 98, 99, 2000, all those years, because like you said, he didn't want to go over the middle because he didn't want to get hit because they wouldn't throw a flag if you. They weren't they weren't considered defenseless receivers like they are now in, in in this current version of the NFL. So I would still lean towards Moss. I think Jefferson is on uh on the right track. I would agree with you. Like I would say, yeah, like maybe after the catch route running. I don't. I think route running is kind of similar. I would say Moss is a better deep threat just because his speed is just ridiculous. 
especially early in his career. Um, but I I would still lean towards Moss. Maybe that's my my bias, but I think Jefferson's on the tra- on the right track. Clearly, obviously. Um, but but I would still give the the edge to Moss. That's that's my opinion. All right. I think that's all we have for today. Uh, let's see. Coming up on the NFL schedule, we got what the combine? I think in a few weeks, um, free agency will start in the middle of March. Then uh, it's going to get crazy. It's going to be the draft, it'll be mini camp before you know it. Like people talk about like that. Up. Yeah, the NFL, NFL season it's over. It's a no, 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 no. Like this, we're we're just getting started now. Like there's there's like yeah, like July is when it like ends. For yeah. like a couple of weeks, and then it's like, all right, we're back. But the end of June and Jaloon, Jaloon. The, the, <laughs> the end of June and the beginning of July, there's like three or four week period where nothing's going on. That's it. The rest of the year is just full full go NFL storylines, everything. We got to figure out where Aaron Rodgers is going. Got to figure out where what Derek Carr. I don't care Derek Carr's. It doesn't. No. Um, <laughs> Let's go to the Saints. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so that's it for today. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel, like this video. Uh, the audio version of this podcast will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to follow Viking Aids on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, but until next time, which should be Thursday, uh, Chris and I will talk to you later. Later.